Scorch the Fears, episode 28. How have we done this? I don't understand how we're even able to do this still. Somebody should have put me in jail at this point because I am too hilarious. I'm just kidding, guys. Um, so on this podcast, we've got the amazing Daniel Quijano, an absolute beast as always. I'm just putting this in the Instagram story too so that people can join in on here. Um, so basically... Got the great Daniel Quijano, a beast, leader of the nightly dial, closer of deals extraordinaire. He is my friend, and I love when he can come on and co-host this podcast because it's so much fun. I've got my acquisition manager, Brian Tenney. He's a beast. He's been working for me for four months, and he has officially locked up $185,000 worth of deals, which is freaking crazy for the first four months. Um, I wanted to announce it, even though like, I just want to announce it to put you on bro. Cause you've been working so hard and I'm so proud of you um, for what you've been able to do for the team and like what you've done. And also I thought it would be an amazing conversation to talk about, you know, like what, um, you know, like what it's like working for another team, whether it makes sense for somebody and hear a little bit more about your journey and all of that type of stuff. So yep, I'd love to share. Thanks for being on here, my man. So <laughs> first classic Steve Trang question. How did you get into real estate? Well, I was a professional remote camp chef up in Alaska for 13 years. Um, and there's not a whole hell of a lot to do in Alaska. So I found the wonders of audiobooks and uh, podcasts and stuff like that. Um, one of the first books that got me into real estate, like most people, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, and there, that be, kind of began, uh, that started my journey. Um, and then I found the podcast, uh, Wholesale Hotline. Mm -hmm. I really got in that and listened to every single episode of those. Um, and then um, after, so that was last Wait, season. what got you to Wholesale Hotline? Sorry. Uh, the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I just started researching all sorts of different podcasts. Oh, okay. So you just started really being like, all right, I'm going to listen to every single real estate podcast in the game. Yeah, because there's nothing else to do in Alaska. <laughs> gotcha. Because, you know, I work by myself for the most part. Uh, there's no TV or anything like that. So it was just all podcasts and audiobooks. Cool. And then uh, when I found Jose Hotline and I, I started to follow Jamil, and he just kind of spoke to me, spoke my language, just was a real down-to-earth guy. So I joined the Astro program in October of last year um, and, and just took the dive and decided not to go back up to Alaska, which which I kind of do miss. I, I love cooking and stuff like that. But this is a whole new adventure that's that's crazy and awesome at the same time. <laughs> so what made you want to switch? Like what what like just like more money? Like what what was motivating you? to not be in Alaska anymore, other than it's freezing. and probably This might sound cheesy to some people, but uh, I love my dog. <laughs> I, he's, my, he's my world, and he is 14 years old now. So I did not want to leave him again to go up to Alaska for four or five months straight and just wanted to be closer to him and found that I could work from home and be next to my dog, and here we are. Nice. I love it. So, Wait, so, Wait, so you, where are you now? I'm in San Diego. Okay, so, so I was in California. Yep. Okay. So I would spend 
California? Do they like? Do they allow? They don't allow TVs in Alaska, but they do allow <laughs> cooking. I'm wondering. I, I'm trying to get a gauge for the Alaska to San Diego comparison so I can make my choice. The Alaska was an amazing experience. I would work about four months a year is all. So I'd work. My lo- longest stint was was 175 days in a row, 10 hour days in a row. Wow. But the pay is amazing up there. You can't beat it. I was getting paid 500 bucks a day. Well, you can't beat it with me. I can beat it. Yeah, this is true. There you go. <laughs> I'm already up to <laughs> <I'm not> a <laughs> um, Amazing. So, okay. What, um, this is just, cause I kind of, cause I'm just curious about this. And like, I, I love asking people about their different life experiences sometime. Like what's the, what's the most interesting thing you learned going up to Alaska every summer and like working during those four months? Um, mental toughness for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, being away from home for one, being away from your family, your friends, in my case, my dog, um, working 10 hour days, seven days a week, no days mm-hmm. off. Um, mental toughness was was a big life lesson up there. Um, and I, I cook for a bunch of like roughneck drillers. <laughs> so you guys can't tell, but I'm only five foot two. <laughs> I'm super short. And I was, you know, having to to keep these six foot five big roughneck drillers in check. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it was crazy and just trying to to figure out how to, to coexist for that long. Cause you see these guys every day. I just see you tackling six, five guys, putting them in like headlocks. Like, what do you mean keeping them in check? Uh, Cause you know, they would try to push the boundaries and try to screw with you. That for sure. There's a lot of that, you know, and you just take that with a grain of salt and you, you just got to stand up for yourself with those. Yeah, guys. I got you. Um, they're nice guys. They're super nice, but you know, you have to have some sort of, rules in the kitchen, especially when it comes to like cleanliness, uh, food safety, because the kitchen in like where I cook in the dining room is all just one big tent. Mm-hmm. So there's no separation really. So, you know, they try to come back and mess with the food. Like, Oh, I want a piece of that right now. I'm like, no, get your dirty hands out of here. <laughs> I love it. All right. So back to real estate, you're watching podcasts and then what happens? It just kind of clicked and, um, I actually last two years ago, I tried to get into loan signing, like become a, a loan signing agent, uh, uh, a public notary. And I, I got that. Um, and it just wasn't what I wanted to do in real estate. Um, I was terrified of wholesaling, to be honest with you. I'm like, oh, I have to call people and, and talk to these complete strangers and you know get my get my ass chewed by these guys on a daily basis was the part getting swear like sworn at basically oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. you hear those horror stories and um i'm a very big people pleaser by nature Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so with that being said when i did find jamil i'm like oh we, we don't have to cold call uh, homeowners. We can just talk to agents and it's so much easier, so much better. <laughs> so that's when I really de- decided, okay, you know, I can do that. I, if I don't have to cold call homeowners, if I can just talk to agents, I can face those fears. And, and that's what I've done. I love it. I mean, it's so true in the sense that like, Brian, I don't think your personality is a traditional closer, 
But the nope. thing is, I think I think you're better at agent acquisitions, like a better than I think you're better than what would be a traditional closer because you're so good at making relationships with people. And I think that's one of the biggest things I want to talk about on this is like it doesn't your personality type doesn't prevent you from making money in this industry. You can be any personality type. You don't have to be in sub two. I feel like I, this is the one thing I feel like we need to do better at because pace is such a closer to like glorify the other positions, not just the guy who closes the deal, but everyone who's around that part. Um so I don't know. I was going to ask you, Daniel, this, I kind of want to ask you this too. You just, you're coming off hot of the secret agent challenge. What did you think of talking to realtors? You know, I think it's, I think there's a big personality type perspective thing that needs to get factored, right? For me, and I, I try to instill this a lot. Um, and when we're talking about sales and how to, how to have these conversations, I always emphasize focus on just having a good conversation. All this other stuff is extra, right? These are um, um, things that you add to that. But I think a lot of times people think that it's about like, let me get this one liner and I don't know the one liner. I don't know how to do it. And it's just, it has nothing to do with that. Just have a good conversation. So when it comes to the, the agent challenge, you and I discussed this, right? So um, I mentioned this on the live with Jamil. I was like, Jamil, can I make a confession? I've never actually had a conversation with an agent beforehand, right? <laughs> I love that. And yeah, so the chat was like, no way, because I did this after I had my calls. So this was after I did my calls. Oh, and this was after, had, wait, this was after the challenge? This was like towards the end of my two hours. That would have been really funny if you told him like right beforehand. By the way. But so after, and so here's the thing. We had this one agent that literally called me and started the conversation by screaming at me. Wow. I, or I, called, I wasn't I able to watch you. it. So like, I'm curious, tell me. Yeah, so her name was Beth. Anybody was there remembers Beth, right? And so I make the phone call. She answers the phone by saying, I told you I don't want to have to talk to you. And I don't want to have to have out, right? She thought I was somebody else. And so what I did is I just was, you know, I was like, I think you're talking to the wrong person. Here's why I'm calling. I'm calling about X property. Wanted to chat with you. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm getting all of this. And so my response was, I was like, totally fine. I love getting starting my day by getting screamed at. You just help me <laughs> check out my this, right? Um, so we made it a joke. So to this point, it's about having a good conversation. I think that people get in their heads about sales where somebody like Brian is like, oh, I was intimidated about the whole sales thing or this, that, and the next thing. But yet he spent many, many months of his life multiple times or throughout the year, you know, working with grungy, you know, manly, six plus foot tall, manly dudes and, you know, and he's five foot two. He probably encountered what were more seriously concerning scenarios than what you'll ever encounter on the phone with a seller. He was comfortable doing that and gets in his head on talking to phone, on the phone with a seller. I think what's interesting, Jonah, is it comes back to your point. All of this personality stuff and these glorifications don't matter. Don't get in your head. Just have a good conversation. That's it. Mm -hmm. Love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so, Brian, back to you. You're like intrigued by the agents because it's like, okay, I don't have to have people screaming at me, generally speaking. And then, uh, and then what? Keep going. So I started with the, the Astro program. It just wasn't working for me. Um, it's a great program, stuff like that, but it's not in my nature, I guess. Um, and I, I guess I was, I was at that point, I was still... Because I was coming from a place where, you know, I worked in Alaska for 13 years. 
Um, I was the best at the best of the best up there. I could handle any situation that was thrown at me. I was super confident in my abilities. Coming to a completely different skill set that I have to learn. Um, and I just wasn't being consistent with it at all. You know, I, How long I, have you been in Alaska? How long have you been doing that job? I did that for 13 seasons. Okay, so 13 years. Yep. Right. So, and for, I'd say, I was, I was probably, in my mind, at least I was the best up there. I was the best cook. I right. could handle the, the, you know, the, the demands of the day and all of that, that fun, fun stuff. Um, but going back to Astro and stuff like that, with the Astro flipping, um, I just was not being consistent. Um, and I think that all had to do with lack of confidence in myself to be honest mm -hmm. with it. Um, and Jamil does preach squat up, squat up, squat up. And so when I saw you on the first secret agent challenge, I'm like, oh, this guy, he, I, I click with this guy. He seems cool. He's, he's down to earth. Um, and I, I liked it. And then I saw a couple weeks later, you were advertising for a acquisition uh, manager. I'm like, I'm going to apply for it. That'll keep me consistent. That'll hold me accountable to, get on the phone from, from nine to five. And, and that's what I've done so far. So do you think, so you were saying you weren't staying consistent because you didn't, because you had gone from a role where you were like the man, the beast, <laughs> and then you had to be a newbie again. Oh, for right? sure. And you yeah. had to be a newbie about like everything. And that, and that kind of like demoralized you a little bit, basically. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Right. At least, you know, going from, knowing everything that you need to do at every situation to like, Oh crap. I do not know what to say to this agent right now. They just asked me a question. I don't know the answer. Right. What do I do? Right. <laughs> so no, it's true. Yeah. When I was coming across those situations, it was just like, God, can I do this? I don't, and I, you know, a lot of self doubt came into my head. Um, but I just, I knew from Astro and seeing so many successful people out there, doing wholesaling that it is possible um anybody can do it you just you got to do the work and and you have to you have to be true to yourself at the same time too i think and, and be honest with yourself um like with these deals like my first like i brought in one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars in four months that's that's a that's sick <laughs> It's That's a lot unheard of. It, it's pretty awesome. It, it really is. And I know I would not have been able to do that if I did not squat up. And right. it's it's not about the money. I could care less about the money. I mean, obviously I love money or I wouldn't be doing anything. Um, but coming from a place of abundance, um, and knowing that if this deal doesn't work, there's gonna be the, another one. There's going to be another one not getting married to a deal. I love it. If that makes sense. I love that, man. Like it's, I feel like that's also why I attracted to you was you had the right attitude, right? Like, I don't know if you know this, they were the people who applied with more sales experience than you and were like better. Like I was like, I know this guy like has the right personality for it where like he's going to, he's, he's a fit for my company and also the role at the same time. 
Daniel, I'm curious, like as a, as somebody who's hiring people and like doing that stuff, like how do you, what do you look for in somebody you're trying to hire, whether it be acquisitions manager, VA, anything? Um, honestly, man, we actually talked about this earlier today um, for a minute. And my answer was actually the same as yours. For me, it's always culture. It's culture first, right? Um, it's culture, it's character, it's integrity. It's making sure that there's a fit from a personality standpoint, right? Because um, to the point, our, my, I spend on average about 10 to 12 hours in Zooms on any given day, right? And then I'm working for a couple hours before those Zooms. I'm usually working for a couple of hours after those Zooms, right? Um, and that's just the long day. And so if you're going to spend five, six, seven plus hours in Zoom or on a call or in a work environment with somebody for whatever reason, whether it's directly connected or just you're interacting throughout the day, I don't want to hate you, right? I don't want you to hate me. Yeah, I don't want boy. you love the experience, the opportunity, but hate the way I go about the opportunity, right? There's so many factors. So for me, I want to, I want to know you're a good human being, right? I want to know that you have character integrity. I want to know that our visions are aligned because here's the thing. I can teach sales skills. I can't te teach character, right? I can encourage good character, but I can't teach them. Right. Um, and so, you know, I would rather have somebody that has those good foundations because the rest of the stuff's learnable. I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm completely in agreement. It's 100% the way to go is I think that's what people screw up with hiring is that that's what they do is they just are like, oh, you have like the most experience. You've closed like a million deals, blah, 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 blah. But who cares if you hate them and you know they're just changing your company for the worse, right? Um, yeah. So, Brian, like what, how did you, so like for you, like when, like, go i guess go back into it more maybe like what would you say to somebody who's like maybe not sure whether it's a good idea for them to work for themselves versus work for somebody else like what would you say to them that might convince them that like hey i think it would actually be better for you to do to work for somebody else or hey actually i think it's better if you don't work for somebody else um i would if somebody asked me that i would have to go with like with my experience with you, I'd obviously say just go work for somebody. Um, get your feet. No, 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 but like the person, like what about the person do you think would be better for working for somebody else? Like where it would be a good personality, where it would be working for somebody like me or whether you think you'd be like, actually, I think you should probably do it on your own. What do you think is like the difference there? Um, outgoing personality for one. I think that's that would be a big one. Uh, I am somewhat introverted, uh, actually quite a bit of an introvert, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I like my time to myself. I like my peace and quiet at the end of the night. Um, and I think that had a, probably a, a little bit of effect on me, why I wasn't staying consistent. I'm like, oh, you know what? I called 15 people today. I, I'm going to take a break <laughs> and and recharge my batteries, if you will. Um, but now that I'm for somebody, I'm being held accountable um, so I'm forced every day to to make those calls to 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 get on it. Uh, so I think I think somebody that's very outgoing, um, obviously they have to be a a big self starter, uh, be able to hold themselves accountable every single day. Um, and even like what I've noticed about this this career 
too, is that it, it's a roller coaster of emotions. You know, one day it's just freaking amazing. And you're on cloud 10. And then the next day you're like, oh, mother, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a roller coaster. Um, if you can't handle that roller coaster, I think it would probably be good to work for somebody else as well because you can kind of feed off of them and they can give you reassurance, if you will. Um, but if you can handle a roller coaster, if you can, if you're a big time self starter, self motivator, you can hold yourself accountable, then sure, go work for yourself and, and build those, those connections. Um, if you want to really learn the, the ins and the outs, though, I think it's better to work for somebody because they've already gone through all of the, the BS. Um, they know what to say, when to say it, how to say it. Um, so it, it's a shortcut. You might not make as much money in the beginning. Who cares? You're going to learn a lot more, a lot faster. What do you think of all that, Daniel? Um, I love it. And it's so funny, right? Um, for those of you guys who don't know, um, we talked about this earlier. I don't, I don't remember if it was before or after we went live, um, but I did a giveaway uh, right before the Secret Agent Challenge for anybody who wanted to shadow myself and my team for a day. Um, and so today, all day long, we've had four people that have been in there just kind of seeing the different ins and outs. And we just tried to kind of give them all the high levels of all the different things, right? Um, and so a lot of what was discussed tonight, which I thought was interesting, they're here and they're backstage and we may chat with them towards the end here. Um, but what I thought was really interesting about this is the fact that we discussed all of this today, right? And so earlier when we were talking, and I see this a lot in the nightly dial, right? Where we're calling sellers all the time. I really, really put a big foundation on building relationships within our group in so much that one of the people, right? Because there's different personality types. One of the people on the group I knew they were going to feel uncomfortable for a little bit, right? Because there's layers to the business and there were certain parts we needed to wait to work on. And so we're doing all the things and we're getting it done. Um, and then there was a, there was a, there was a one day where I think we just, we were kind of waiting on a couple of things. We spent a lot of the day just chatting and get to know, getting to know each other. And I knew one of the people was going to be like, are we spending too much time on that? Right. And so they actually messaged me that night because I had this real big policy. Just tell me anything you got on your mind. Let's talk about it. Right. And so they were like, you know, are we spending too much time on that? And I said, I hear you. And I actually I was pretty sure you were going to say something. The answer is no. We're on track and we're on track for everything we say we're going to do. But in those moments, if I if there's a day or an hour or a 15 minute or whatever that period is for your business where I can focus on building a better camaraderie with my team or just some other to do list task, that to do list task can wait. I'm focusing on the culture of the team, right? Why? Because hmm. of what Brian just said. Because our job can be hard. Any job can be hard. Any job. Our job is hard. hard. It is for it sure. Is. It's it's stressful. It's an emotional roller coaster. And when you're dealing with that emotional roller coaster, the last thing you usually want is a reminder of a task you forgot. You want to be able to say, you know what? Let me talk about something silly with this person. Let's just banter for 15 minutes about nothing. Let's reset the brain. There is psychological foundational reasons as to why that's healthy and productive. And so I really laid a thick foundation of that with my current core team. Um, when you hear us in the nightly dial, sometimes we'll just be joking around because I really try to instill, guys, as, as important as good KPIs, as managing your numbers, as keeping your calls up, and having good conversations and conversions are, so is downtime, being able to let yourself rest and having good conversations with the people you work with. 
And I, that for, so for me, that's exactly what Brian's talking about. And I think a good team really, really, really encourages that. Daniel, how do you build a good culture? How does one slash you build a good culture? Um, I start with core values, right? So um, uh, one of the guys on my team was talking about it today. You know, they were saying that it was a little surprising when they got in. It was like, wow, all of us, all of us fit, right? For me, I'm really big on relationships. I like to get to know people. And for me, I like to, you know, get the vibe, right? I can be very serious and very focused, very like driven and let's go, let's get this done, right? And have some lesser amounts of patience when it comes to certain things. But at the same time, right, I, you know, I like to joke around and mess around. I was in the military, you know, you got you got the, the hazing and messing around and making jokes and banter. And so how do you balance all of that? Well, I want somebody that I know can go through all of those things, right? If you're the type of personality who is really, really good in this one scenario, but you just don't appreciate the other 60% of what we're doing, you're a great person for collaborating on these little things. But on a day-to-day -day connection, probably won't be a fit, right? So I'll collaborate with you on this, but we won't work together consistently. So for me, it's your vibe, right? Can we get along? How long can we get along, right? Do I need to hang around with you for 15 minutes and then it's too much? Or can I spend a whole day with you and not even think about it, okay? That's gonna be the first thing. So I start with that and I look at, I'm a big on personality types. And so if, if everybody really just meshes well, if the vibe's there, everybody can hang out, that for me is a good thing. Because again, the, the other tasks can be trained. I love it. Brian, do you think I'm doing that? Or do you think I need, I got shit to, I got to work on? This is uh, going to be a review for me. And you can I, be honest. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to fire you over it. <laughs> okay, then I'm going to speak with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of shit to say right now, bro. <laughs> I'm doing it live. <laughs> No, in, in the beginning, you were, uh, to be honest, very, very intimidating, to be honest yeah. with you. you. You intimidated me quite a bit. Um, and I didn't know where I exactly stood. Um, but the more that we work together and the more daily talks that we have, like, okay, that's just Jonah. <laughs> they, yeah. they, and it's fine now. I, I love it. Yeah. It just, that's my, that's my, I got, I, we got to get shit done like now type of attitude. It's the one thing that I need to work on as a leader is like, I'm naturally impatient. So it's the one thing that I definitely need to work on as a leader is being like calming myself down and being like, all right, I need to say this in a much less, I need this now type of way. And more of a, like a, Hey, like, don't worry if you don't know this, like, don't do this. Like I was doing this with you last night where I was like, I sound annoyed right now. It has nothing to do with you. I'm like just annoyed because I'm doing this whole intermittent fasting thing. So I haven't eaten in seven hours. And also, <laughs> and also the agent you're dealing with is a freaking knucklehead. And <laughs> yep. so I, but, but, but you're doing fine. You're doing perfect. So, well, yeah. And the thing was, is like, now I, I don't, I'm like, okay, it's just Jonah. That's how he is. It's not personal. Just you know, do the work and, and things will be just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 100%. Like, how much did, see, it, it's, don't get me wrong. There's always points where we can get better at our patience levels, right, as leaders or as at other things. But Brian, in your opinion, did getting to know the other sides of him and that camaraderie piece, even if those other parts aren't perfect yet, did that help you to balance out those things in the interim and be able oh, to say, okay, this Right. Yeah, one hundred percent for sure. Because you know we have we have daily at nine o'clock we have our meetings, and and Jonah's very upbeat on those meetings. Um, we do our meditations and and our our affirmations, and they're wonderful. 
And knowing that he does that gives me a glimpse into to who he is as a person, as a, as a, I guess, a spiritual person. I'm going to use that word if that's okay. And yeah. knowing that that aspect of him makes everything else just kind of wash away. Yeah. And Jonas, so to that point, that's why, bro. That's literally why I put so much time into making sure that that part was there. So that way they know that. Uh, another part of it is I'm really huge. It's actually kind of a requirement for me, communication. Like, if you want to see me lose my mind, be mad about something and don't tell me for a week. Like, I'm going to lose my mind. Open your mouth and tell me if you got a problem, right? Because most in any relationship, regardless of the relationship, business, personal, marriages, whatever, a lot of the issues we deal with are not actually that big. It's that they become magnified because we just don't communicate them effectively. And so I think, and I would have to defer this to my team, um, but I feel like we've done a really, really good job of just creating this space, I guess, for lack of a better term, the whole open door policy. I will get messages from time to time. Hey, just so you know, I had a question about this. And up to this point, every single message I have gotten from someone that had a concern, two things happened. They did it same day, within the hour. And two, every single one of them was a misunderstanding. And, and I haven't even thought about that. But if I think about this right now, I would be willing to bet any of those scenarios, had they not been cleared up within the hour, the longer they stood about it, they would have got frustrated. And they would have felt justified in their frustrations because from their point of view, they were right. And now they're actually genuinely hurt or offended or affected. It's affecting their work. It's affecting these things. So many relationships get broken because of that. When if you would have just talked about it, right? And so I really instill, and I, I would say basically required that, right? Because I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. And I need you to know it's coming from a place of love and open communication. I allow you and expect you to do that to me because I cannot, as a leader, hold you to a standard that I don't allow you to hold me to, period. Otherwise, I'm a hypocrite. I love it. Yeah, I think there's, I, I definitely try to make it where, like, Brian, to your sense, like, at least for me, I don't know if I stress communication as much. And I'm now going to do it because I love you, Daniel, and I can tell you're building an awesome one. I do it to some extent, probably not as much as you do it. And I think it's a good idea, though, to emphasize, like, I try to emphasize, like, hey, like, if you if you have a concern, come to me, come talk to me. Um, that I definitely do. I don't know. Were you talking about problems with, like, you, Daniel, or with the entire team? Like, if somebody has a problem with somebody else or just any of it? Just, just any, literally anything. And I've had both scenarios yeah. come up. I had one literally yesterday. I made a joke about something. It rubbed somebody the wrong way, potentially. I got notified. It was like, oh, I was thinking this. It was a complete misunderstanding. And it was one of those things that it was like, wow, that was really messed up. And then when we talked about it two seconds, ago, it was like, oh, okay. There were no, it wasn't messed up at all, right? It was a complete, and it was totally fine 30 seconds later, right? Um, but it was that. So it, whether it's about me or about somebody else, I'm a human, right? Like I'm cool with being imperfect in public, right? So like these things happen. And that communication solved. So what do you so what do you do? Because obviously I already know this too. The leader, it always starts with the leader, right? So like what do you do you so like do you have like how do you implement it? Do you when you have a problem with someone, you just call them immediately? Or like what 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 do you do? How do you implement yes. what you want in your organization? There's two, there's two, there's a couple sides of that. There's two to three sides of that. So first of all, I overemphasize it. I over communicate. Why? Because I realize that not everybody thinks about me or thinks like me. So the biggest issue in sales and life and in leadership is that we always assume that everybody thinks like we think. 
It's our default. So we assume that's how they would process it. And I have to realize that some people don't. So I am the type of person, if I see something, it's coming out of my mouth, right? Now I'm going to do it tactfully for the most part, usually, because I've learned to manage that side of me. But here's the other thing. Some people will never say it. It's just not their personality. And so you have to go so far out of your way to let them know that it's okay. Now, there is a point where it's not my responsibility. You just got to step up, be grown, and open your mouth. But that's why I so over-communicate, hey, I'm noticing there's an issue here. You know what I mean? If you ever have an issue, bring it up. So I over-communicate that that door is open. But when it doesn't, because it usually, for the people who don't communicate, they still won't. When I see something, I bring it up. Uh, this happened the other day. There was someone who was feeling a certain kind of way. They were going through something personal, nothing to do with anybody, but it was personal. I noticed that something was received wrongly. And so I was like, okay, I'm hearing you, but I'm really, really hearing that this is not exact. And this is something we did with the whole team present, right? Because again, we got to be able to do this together. If it was extra personal, I would have done it privately. This scenario was okay to do publicly. I had to ask them four times. And I, when I was not, when it was clear they were not giving me the real answer, I kept saying, look, I'm not getting the real answer. If you want to talk about this separately, but this is your team, this is your family. We got your back. You got to talk to me because you leaving here hurt because you don't want to talk about it helps nobody. And then it became this really, it was a cathartic session, right? There were tears involved. There was a lot that was discussed. But had I not asked them four times when I knew they weren't telling me the truth, they would have just sat there quiet and went away hurt. All right. Note to self, I got to make Brian cry in order to feel like a family. <laughs> That's what's got to happen. But yeah, no, I I definitely feel that. I, I don't know. I can't think of a time with Brian, but there are a few of my employees where I'm like, are you sure you're okay? I sense you're... Like, I think that's a really good thing of a, t of a leader is being able to sense, like, what are, you, what are you actually feeling right now, right? Like, what are you, like, having, like, an intuition, like, something is wrong here. Like, I can, your words are different than your tone, right? And I'm, I'm decent enough at it, I think, where people can get it done or I can get it done. I don't know what you think of that, Brian, but, like, I try to, I try my best to feel out how somebody's feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh yeah, like I've I've also thrown you in the fire a little bit, Brian, and been like, all right, I need you to go into the fire a little bit before I get involved. To be honest with you, I I did not like that idea in the beginning. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> like son of a really son of a mother. But I am so thankful that you did. Yeah. It's because um, I needed you needed to. I know like there I have had him, I have had I've been like Brian, I know. This is the worst thing ever, but you've got to like try to you, here's a few calming down methods for when an agent because that agent was swearing at you, right? For the big mm -hmm. deal. Like mm -hmm. there was like an agent who was like the, this. We got a huge deal that led to like this being like such a big number, this like 185K where the agent was pissed, right? They were pissed that we were wholesaling it um, or that not even that we were wholesaling. We just brought like 14 peoples to the showing. And that was my bad. I should have communicated better to Brian to communicate with the uh, agent that there would be that many people there. But then he's swearing at Brian, being probably saying, "I've been a can't. You guys got to cancel the contract. F you. Like, can't believe you did this to this 85 year old guy. You had 14 people show up to a house, and it looks like a freaking circus out here. And then um, I and this was that was also kind of my bad. I probably sent you into the fire. Didn't you give you nearly enough ammunition? 
where I was just kind of like, Brian, like try to figure this out without me and then see what happens. And then I didn't, I didn't train you well enough to be honest. I didn't, we didn't, we needed to do a contract class, right? Like literally going through the California Realtors Association contract, which I just didn't do. And that was my bad. So I'm always making mistakes. Things are happening, but I, but then I was able to solve the issue luckily because I know the contract really well. But even so, even if you weren't able to stop it in that sense, I feel like that was good in the sense of teaching you how to just deal with it and not let somebody else's negativity come in. You can tell me or you can be like, Jonah, God damn it, dude. Like, why'd you make me? No, I, I like one of my favorite quotes. I have it written right behind me. I stare at it every day. Um, it says to grow. We must do the things we think we cannot do. We must uh, look our fears in the eyes and walk. Uh, and and walk right through. Wow, bro. You need to share that with the team. You got to put that in Discord. I can do that, yeah. yeah to 100%. grow, we must do the things we think we cannot do. We must look our fear in the face and walk through it anyways. What's the significance of that? Why is that on your wall? Like, how, do you, how did that happen? Uh, for the simple fact that I have no confidence in myself yet in, in this particular field of, of, of real estate. You know, I, I still stumble all over my words. <laughs> you don't now? You What's don't that? have any, you have confidence now. Oh, I do now. I do now. Yeah. I, I'm getting, I'm getting way better on the phones for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's coming from something that I was so good at to something that I do not know anything about. Um, not knowing if it is going to work for me financially, mentally, all that all that comes into play. Um, so I have that on my wall. Um, and it just reminds me that things will, will be okay. It's, you know, another quote I have, I, I don't have it written down, but it's, uh, um, what, how does it go? It goes something like courage. Isn't the lack of fear. It's just walking or just facing it anyways, or something like that. That's another one of my mm -hmm. favorite quotes. You know, everybody experiences fear but you have to be just courageous and, and do it anyways. I love it. I love those types of quotes. That, that gives me the idea of like starting a, a quote section of like, of like the disc. We do all our stuff in discord, Daniel and the world where like we discord. Have you used discord before? Daniel? I have. Yeah, you have, right. Because we have it in sub two. Like we have like our own discord for our company. We use it like Slack. And basically we have like a bunch of stuff. I feel like having a quotations and reading some quotes every day would be kind of cool along with the daily affirmations. Yeah, I, I, put some in there. I like that idea. I'm going to that. Daniel, what do you have any, I'm just curious. Do you, what, do you guys have any morning routines or anything you guys do as a team or like anything like that? No, not like that. And I'm thinking about that as you guys are talking, it'd be interesting to see kind of what we do. We do like to just do like when we first get in there, we usually just kind of chop it up and just chat a little right okay. you know pretty much most of the team has kids and so they'll talk about what's going on with that so, so we just kind of do personal talk um you know we'll talk about we're, we're all big on health stuff and so we talk about like well we take there's always just it seems like the, it always works its way in where we just have that talk about like kind of what's happening in our lives what we're dealing with one of the guys on their team because of what they're doing and you know on the team and in real estate they just were able to buy a brand new car they got yesterday and so like little stuff like that we take time to talk about okay. that and, you know, all types of things yeah do you do do you do it on video or no video? Uh, video. I try to always encourage. Well, see, we do our Zooms the entire day. 
So it's kind of like an open office type thing. So we're on the, we started from right around 10 o'clock until um, they may or may not still be there right now. I don't know. Probably not. Um, but um, yeah, that Zoom is just open all day long. So sometimes you'll go in there and nobody's talking because they're all on calls or doing something. And sometimes we'll all be talking because we'll be underwriting deals or doing whatever stuff together. So, but it's just there if you need something like if we were in a real office. That's so interesting. That's such an interesting idea. I really like that. I like that too, because then sometimes I'm calling people. I'm like, yo, are you in the bathroom? Like, what are you doing? Are you on lunch? <laughs> That's not a bad no, idea. Helps. Dude, it helps a lot. Like, I like it because I like to feel like I'm doing something. I could very easily get caught up doing like a million different things, right? I got a million messages. And so I think just having that, it just kind of, what I've learned, and so for me, everything is psychology. We talked about this from our very first uh, podcast here, right? Everything is psychology. How does the human brain work, right? Well, if you get what I have to guess is like, you know, we're seeing them in the backstage, Melissa Smith, who was on the thing today, right? Or um, Peyton, who is on my team, right? They are very detail-oriented, structured, organized people. So you give them a task and a to-do list, and they're going to set their little thing up, and they're going to have it there, and it's go-to-work time. And Everybody else is zoned out and they're focused until that task is done. They take a break and they come back. Not for me, not doing none of that. That's not how any of that works, right? Like I need you to hit me with a fire hose of to-do list and I'm like, oh, it's a fire. Let's do that. Cool. It's a fire. Let's do that. Cool. Let's have seven conversations at one time, right? And so it's just such a drastic thing. And so what I realized that is, okay, we're in sales. The great majority of salespeople are not the Melissa's and the pains of the world. They're also not the me's of the world. There's some weird amalgamation of the two closer towards my side. So what happens is the way we design our internal systems slash CRMs, it's very and eye-catching, right? It's kindergarten, right? I want to see the bouncing ball at the bottom. So I'm not going to tell you you have a task that's in a corner that you have to go look for because you won't. Melissa and Peyton will because they don't like unfinished tasks, right? But the sales guy, they're going to forget that there's a task option. That task needs to blow up in their face every single day, every time they log in, probably six times before they remember to do it. Is that one being better than the other? No, that's human beings being built different. And so I want to create an environment where all of those people have the opportunity to thrive. And one of the things I like about the Zoom that you're not required to be there with the camera on, you just log in and make sure you're there. If I call on you, I know you're somewhere nearby or you can, I can shoot you a message. For the people who need that engagement, that action, that, hey, what are you doing real quickly? Can you do this for me? People who need that, it's available. The ones who are going to do the task are going to do it whether they're on camera or not. So it doesn't hurt them. So it kind of, it's the best way in 2022 when everybody's in a different state to kind of knock all as many of those boxes as possible. So that's so interesting. So, okay, but if they can have, so they have their camera off. Like, and I'm just so curious. I might test it out. I don't know what I think of it personally, but like, it's an interesting idea. So like, would you... So let's say you need to, everybody's on it. I mean, everybody has to have it muted, right? Because like, if I'm doing shit, I can't have like that going on at the same time. So what do you yeah. do if it's like, oh, I need to talk to Carl, like right now, like do you- there's a, little, so there's a little, there's two buttons right here. This is a mute for my mic. This is a mute for my speakers, right? right. So if the acquisitions team is talking to the dispositions team and they're over there, they're doing a deal and I get a phone call that's private, I mute everybody out and I have my call and then I turn it back on, right? because I don't mind the noise in the background, right? If it's a conversation like one popped up today that I thought was cool to have, I just have the conversation with everybody so they can hear it, right? Because they're a part of this business. 
And so originally I was like, should this be for acquisitions? So I was like, let's just bring everybody in here because the acquisitions team will need to be able to collaborate with the dispositions team to the extent that they're at least aware of what's happening in the business, the more capable they are of having those conversations if they're presented with them. Damn, I really want to just see your business for like a couple hours and be on that Zoom and be like, okay, so what's happening here? Because in my head, what's happening is, is like everybody's trying to talk to each other, but we have different shit we have to talk about. So like, I don't know, like in my head, it's not, I can't, I can't see it. So I almost want to see it just for that. Because like in my head, I got the Zoom, I got like the Zoom, I need to talk to Brian, but then Megan needs to talk to, uh, you know, Scott about something. And then we're both just like, like, it's like, we're, we're trying to have two conversations at the same time. I guess that doesn't happen that often, maybe. I don't so know. here's for example, right? one of the people that was there today. They were like, oh, but so I hear you you guys were talking about this, but I want to see how you were doing it. And I was like, what you didn't see is that while we were having this conversation, Hayden was having a full conversation. He had like two or three seller calls. You didn't even realize it. He was just muted out having a conversation, right? And then while we were doing this thing and we were having this conversation, you know, Samir was off and he was having a whole seller call. And so she didn't even realize that the person that was watching us didn't even realize it. He was like, no, here, here you go. And he pulls up this whole deal, whole seller call, how it was underwritten, all of these different things. And this all happened while we were talking about something else. Right. Wow. So it's just all kind of happening at the same time. Yeah. But like, I like, so like, but they're muted on the seller calls. They right? were muted. Yeah. They were okay. muted. I didn't hear that. Now, if it was a situation where they need, they're like, hey, I'm about to make this call. I need help. Can you guys hop in? Then we'll just unmute and everybody will be there. And whoever is not relevant to that, they'll mute or themselves out and they'll go do what they need to do. And if I'm really needed to talk to this person and they're on a seller call, I go to our group chat. Hey, when you're done, can you hop back in here? Right. And it's just that kind of situation. So there's very, very rarely much time that goes by where if we need someone, they're not available because they're sitting right there. And if they're not able to talk right then, it's because they're busy doing something else productive. Man, I, I'm on a, if you're cool with it, like I, we're on the podcast, so we got to actually talk about something other than your business. And this is one Zoom. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, now, I'm now very curious to spend like two hours in there and see how it's working eventually. So we can ask their opinion on it too. Yeah, I'm interested for sure. But we got to get back to asking, you know, uh, Brian, questions about I this guess, stuff. Yeah. So um, cool. So Brian, like, um, so what would you say to somebody about like who they should like, you know, like the, you, you talk to them, they, you feel like they should probably work for somebody else. How do you, how do you choose the person that you want to work for and use as many compliments as possible? <laughs> well, you have to work everybody. There's nobody else to work for except for Jonah. Thank you. No. <laughs> everybody on Daniel's team. You, just, you're, we just, got job offers. Yep. Jump I, 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 I will post any of you. So you're good. Wait, say that again. I said I applied for the same position Brian did. You shot me down and went with Brian. A hundred percent, bro. You have the war. You're coming in here two minutes before the podcast starts, dude. What is that, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Brian, keep going. Uh, was the question again? I got. I got. What sidetracked. like what? How do you decide who you should work for? Uh, somebody that you like me. I, I'm a big proponent of trusting in the universe. To be honest with you, um, I, I I believe in the law of attraction. I'm not sure if many of you follow that at all, um, but it's basically your thoughts kind of basically create your reality. Um, I'm a big proponent of that. Um, I have a lot of trust in the universe. Uh, and then when Jonah popped up into my life, into my my 
my field of existence, if you will, I just trusted my gut and, and went with it. I'm like, okay, there's a reason he's in front of me right now. Go for it. And, and that's how I chose, to be honest with you. Nice. It's, it's just followed my gut. Just a feeling. I like mm -hmm. it. Yep. Cool. That's an interesting one. I, I love that. Um, what about... Um, so, okay. I like that. And then trying to think of like a, another really good question so what um what attracted you to real estate in general i don't think i ever asked you that part like like you were like you said you were making good money and you said you're you wanted to be more with your dog and then it just happened to be real estate was the way to do it basically yeah like i mean like a lot of people i, I used to watch the the flipping shows on tv stuff like that um and like oh wow you can make $120,000 in one deal. That sounds amazing. Mm. Um, that, that's really what got it to me. Just, just the freedom um, mm. and knowing that, that real estate's never going to go away. Right. Everybody's going to need a place to live. It's not like a restaurant. You know, if you have, if people stop coming to your restaurant, you're screwed. Uh, real estate's always going to be there. So, that was another one that attracted me to it for sure. It is just the, I don't want to say stability, but stability. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. So the reason you wanted to go into real estate was more for the just the freedom and the stability that comes with it because anything can happen with a job type of thing. Am I getting yeah. right? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, working for yourself to a point. Um, it didn't work out for me working for myself. Um, and, and I realized that fairly quickly, like, I, I can't do this by myself. Uh, no reason I, I joined up with you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, this might sound cheesy, but I think a, a real estate investor is a kind of a, a sexy job title. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. And like, I, like, I mean, my goal eventually is to make it where you're so good that you're going to want to leave me like at a certain point, like I, I want you to stay with me forever, but like, I'm going to, I'm probably going to end up making you so good that you, you will end up leaving me at some point. Well, Might keep, happen. Yeah. keep throwing me in the fire. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> Cause now I'm not, a, you know, it, it's going to suck when I, the next time I get thrown in the fire, yep. but at the same time, I absolutely know I'm going to survive. It's going to be okay. And it is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So Daniel, how do, what do you think is the most important thing that you need to do as a new manager and like in training somebody like what do you what do you got to do that like what's the most important thing being like the leader of a team uh know yourself mm -hmm. know the vision of the team that you're a part of and know the person that you're trying to manage right i can't count how many times people try to give instructions to people that have nothing to do with that person right just because it worked for you does not mean it will work for somebody else Know yourself, know the vision of the team that you're a part of, and know the people that you're talking to. And be totally okay. If you're a good leader, you will be totally okay if you say, here's the destination. I went over here to get to this destination, but you're going to go this way. As long as you end up at the same spot, I am totally okay and comfortable with allowing you to do it your way. Just get the job done. That, for me, is what real leaders excel in. Yeah. I agree with that. I feel like that's that's something that like I think is also a good way to do it. 
Like I, like I can tell for instance, Brian, like I like there, you're a lot nicer to agents than I am. Right. <laughs> you are way nicer than I am. I'm he, he's like Matt Beard and I'm like Pace in the sense of like, I'm kind of like, I build rapport via just knowing my shit and being like, all right, let's, so like, I know this, I, people like doing bit, people like doing business with people who do business. Right. Like I, I'm nice and all that. And I make jokes, but it, but like Brian's like over there, he does a deal with them. He sends them what you send, like a gift card or something to yes, the, the first agent is like making yep. being like, Oh my God, they, they love him a lot more than they love me <laughs> easily. But like, no, you a gift card ever. what you've never sent me a gift card. I'm and I'm not gonna. So don't expect. Okay. <laughs> I just went through a whole thing where I'm talking about how I don't send gift cards. Uh, okay, I got <laughs> but um, but no, I 100% agree. Is like you got to give people the freedom to do it their way. Because if I was trying to force Brian to do it my way, he would not be successful and he would be very unhappy because he's not me, right? Um, I think, I think like there, there are like pros and cons to both. And that's why you need, I feel like that's the cool thing is like, you kind of need both as the, you need like a variety of people in your organization to be able to complement like your faults, right? Like in your, and like understanding who compliments you in certain ways and in other ways they don't. And like hiring based off of that, I think is just super key. So yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, Warren Buffett did this interview on CNBC one time. This was years back, so I'm paraphrasing a bit. Um, and the interviewer was following him around. And, you know, she was talking about the fact that he owns so many different companies, right, that are all so wealthy and, you know, do so well. And so she asked this question about how often do you meet with your CEOs of these, you know, various companies? And he was, I think his response was something like once a year or twice a year or something like that, but maybe once a quarter of the best. And she was mind blown because she was expecting to say once a week or, you know, once every morning. And she was so mind blown that he was so hands off. And she was like, but how do you trust that all of your companies are going to run so successfully if that you're that hands off? He's like, because I empower them to do their jobs. I bring right. people on that have what it takes to do their job uh, as, as successfully as possible. And that I don't handcuff them and stop them from being able to do that. I love it. I love it so much. Like Brian, what do you think? Do you think I'm doing it decently well enough? I I'm so grateful and so thankful. Like when we do our um, our meditations in the morning, we do a Tony Robbins meditation, just so all of you guys know. And there's part of it that I'll we go through gratitude. Um, and and I am I thank Jonah in my head every single day that I work for. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate awesome. that. I appreciate so it. I have I'm a little video in there. Go um, for it. Right. What is your, so talk a little bit about that um, because you made a comment a minute ago that I think is, is important to note about, you know, um, you guys were talking about just being an employee and being on a team. From your perspective, right, the thing about real estate, especially in the circles that we're in, most people are in, oops, sorry. Um, I'm going to do that. That's actually what I wanted. Both. I got it. You, go. you, you keep going. You keep going. Actually, you know what I'm gonna do? Yeah, I, I just wanted to copy the link. Didn't copy oh, it. don't worry. You you do your thing. Keep talking. You're on a podcast. Perfect. I'll give you so, the link later. Bro. <laughs> so here's where I think it gets special, right? Like a lot of people in this industry 
um, are coming to this because they want an opportunity for freedom to get away from a job, to get away from a team. Um, to that point, I want to address something Jonah said about you leaving eventually in a minute. Um, but before I get to there, talk to people um, from your point of view, Brian, as far as what's the value? Why would someone go and potentially invest, you know, potentially tens of thousands of dollars into their real estate investment journey to learn and to understand and then go and essentially work for somebody else, join a team? Why would they do that? What's versus just figuring it out on their own? Uh, speed, to be honest with you. Um, I know for sure that Jonah can teach me a lot faster, the skills and the knowledge that I need to know um, way faster than I would learn on myself. Um, I might not, my, I might not make as much money in the beginning and I'm completely okay with that because I'm learning a, a skill set from a master. Um, and that skill set is is enveloped, and you, you can't put a price tag on that that skill set. Once I have that skill set down, I can go to another city and do whatever I want. If I want to go wholesale in another city, I can. It all comes down to having that skill set. It, I, I in my mind, it really does. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And to your point, Jonah, right? And I get this. You know, we talked about this as well. Um, in the day today, you know, um, I think the first thing is all about managing expectations. So we, with our team, the people that are on my team currently, we've had the conversation with all of them fully intending on them to go elsewhere. But for me, the way I want to grow my business and the plans that I have, which may not be the same as other people. So this may not fit for everyone, but I want to do really, really big things. And the great majority of the people who join my team, as entrepreneurs and, and who invested and lots of money into their own stuff and originally intended on just being a transient, this was temporary, most of them have committed that they want to be here long term, right? And the question is why? I get the same question I threw a Brian, and I would say this is something for maybe you to consider, right, Jonah? Um, I'm always open to the reality that they may leave, and I always want to have those clear and upfront conversations. But the reality is what I want to accomplish and the right team to do so if I build the business the right way, I could provide enough opportunity for the people that are on my team that they will be able to do more and to your point, Ryan, make more money getting a fraction of a deal on my team than they could keeping all of the deals on their team. And so the question I asked myself at the beginning, because I have specific goals and they're big goals, is how do I take high level people and instead of teaching them so they can move on, provide enough value that they actually want to stay. And that's been my goal. Um, and so far with the people, people that I have, it's been working out up to this point. You never know what the future holds, right? And I'm totally okay with that. But that's my goal, man. Like for me, Jonah, I want to provide so much value for the people that it just doesn't even make sense to them to go somewhere else, right? And as a leader, how do I challenge what I'm doing? That's one of the mile markers for me. I'm giving so much value, so much opportunity, we're closing so many big deals and creating such an amazing environment that people who are good enough to do this on their own would still rather do it with me. That's what I'm going for too. Like Brian, like I want, I'm trying to get Brian so much money that he realizes that it, I, I that he stays with me. Like on percent that's also my goal. Was where like he he can grow into his role where he doesn't want to. But I don't know. I don't know. Like I. Basically, how I do it is I always talk to people. I'm like, hey, this is a two-year commitment when I hire you. 
you want to stay on, I would love for you to stay on, but then it's at least two years because I'm putting so much into you. But I 100% agree. Yeah, that is one of my goals as well. And I should say it out loud more. I I should say it to the team. It's like, I'm trying to make you guys so freaking wealthy that you'll never want to work for anybody else ever again. I should say that out loud more to the team. I might say that tomorrow. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Where else can you make $100,000 on one transaction? Right. There's not a lot of places you can do that. I mean, it's life-changing stuff. So if you, everybody on your team is making seven figures, I think they're going to be okay, right, for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Yeah, like 100%. I said, yeah, I brought in $185,000 to the company in four months. Right, like, which is pretty nuts. I was like, I was, I'm very proud of you, man. That was, that was, that's freaking insane. Um, I appreciate that. And it's, yeah, so, and it's, and, uh, it's not on. about the money at all. It's it's going through the experiences and the ups and the downs and the, like I said the roller coaster of of emotions that we all all go through each and every day. Um, but I will, yeah, I'll never forget that the fact that I <clears throat> brought in 185k to the company in four months. I think that's yeah, pretty cool. dude, pretty it's pretty sick. And yeah. for all yeah, all you new people out there too, I'm not sure how many new people are watching. If you're new to wholesale or whatnot, but. You guys can watch me. You guys see me. I'm, I'm stumbling over my words left and right. And I do it on the phone too with agents. And I think that's why they like me, to be honest with you, because I'm real. <laughs> so anybody can stumbling over your words, man. I think you're speaking just fine. Oh, really? Maybe yeah, I'm just being too hard on myself. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Daniel? I think he's just being hard on himself. 100% too hard. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're right. not stumbling over yourself, bro. Like you're, you're saying, I understand. You are speaking English, and that's all that matters. Perfect. (laughs) I love it. Cool. All righty, then. Well, do we want to bring on your guests for a second? Everybody who's in the background. Um, I'm I'm just Yvonne, Juan, Darina, Melissa. I'm about to bring all of you guys on. So let's let's try this. I've never had this many people come on, so let's do this. Let's see what happens. I I have more, bro. Yeah. Oh, you had more. I forgot. Oh, sorry. There we go. There we are. What's going on, guys? Long time no see. It's like you guys you haven't seen my for the entire day. Are you guys muted? Hey guys. There we go. Juan, uh, Juan is muted. Yvonne is good. And I think Melissa is good, too. There we go. Yeah. Awesome. So welcome. To the podcast, you guys have been watching in the background. How are we doing? Did we do okay? Explain who they are first, Daniel. Do a quick explanation of who who all these people are. Let's do it. So I don't even know. Darina's probably out, uh, you know, taking care of her family or something. Um, But no. So as I mentioned earlier, guys, I did a giveaway um, for anybody who wanted to to kind of shadow the team. Oh, she is. Look, there's a small person. Happy small person. Hi. So uh, I put out a, a post. It's okay, Zuri. You're totally fine. I put out a post to see if anybody wanted to kind of win a giveaway. And um, the, one of the, the things that they would win, Arena won backstage access to the Secret Agent Challenge, which I did last Friday. Uh, and then everybody else won the opportunity to shadow our team for the day, see a little bit about the operation, um, what we did, how we operate, and ask any questions that they had. Um, it was that we were there for the majority of the day, and it was still just a lot of high notes because there's so many different things. Um, but all of them are actually a part of the Sub2 community. That's where we initially connected. Uh, and it was great. It was great hanging out with them all day. 
I love it. Awesome. Cool. So let's chat a little bit, guys. So what do you guys? So let's go. I'll go from the on my side from the bottom, and we'll go over. Um, we'll start with Melissa. I guess talk a little bit. You guys have been hearing the conversation today, right? Brian started into this to do it himself. He ended up joining the team. You guys were there on my team earlier today. You heard people with similar philosophies. So if you want to chat a little bit about kind of what you saw today, you know, what you saw about, you know, just the way different operations work, if you want to chat, because Jonah was curious about how, how it works on the team, if you want to give your experience in that. And then maybe from that, um, if you see any value in why somebody would want to join the team versus do it on their own. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm relatively new to all of this. So it's the first time I saw any operation. So I had no frame of reference. So that was, you know, then for you to be shocked, um, Jonah, for you to be like, what you do it like that? So I was like, oh, it's special. Like, they're not all going to be like this. I know I don't have that. You know what I mean? Um, but I see like, so we started, we're flippers first. Um, and trying to move into something bigger. And as flippers, with my partner, um, he's a contractor. So we literally doing the work ourselves. Mm. And so now, like right this day, it's like opening it all up of, you know, we're doing the work ourselves. And then we're saying, oh, we can't scale by you always being the one swinging the hammer. We have to start hiring people. And then it's like, this is just the road is going like this. Where So it's like, it's the same thing to get, places we have to do something different to every bit of it is scaling and you have to start doing it a different way to ever make it bigger um so i've i've seen that like we were seeing it in this small frame of you can't do the work yourself as in the inside of the house to now it's like every bit of it can be expanded and so that's an eye-opening for me today um you know, we I'm being pulled in myself of trying to take these calls from wholesalers and comping everything and doing all of all of these pieces just in our little small world and to see that scale. Well, that's why I see the team part of you get to do the part you're best at instead of trying to do all of it and being pulled in every direction and feeling, oh, my gosh, I dropped that ball and I dropped that ball. And like for me, dropping balls is very unpleasant. I, I mean, I. I you know, I don't like that. <laughs> I want to finish something. Um, so the past, I've only been in sub two since I think May 19th. Um, it's been constant, like everything. I'm trying to juggle everything. And I'm like, this is, maybe it's going to calm down. Um, so I see that to me, I see that value is you have, you're doing this part and you can I know it's still big and you still go on and on with, you know, it doesn't stop for that, but at least you're not trying to master everything and you can do what you're best at. That's what I learned. Love it. Awesome. Um, Yvonne, let's take it over to you. What about you? Um, my name is Yvonne Starkey. I'm a realtor in Arizona, live in Scottsdale. I have been in sub two, two months and I have a business partner, which is my daughter. She's also in sub two. And my main focus is on pre foreclosure. We're trying to lock up our first deal now um, with, we squatted up with a couple that lives in Minnesota. 
sent over the contract today. So fingers crossed they accept everything. I've been working with this lady for about a week. And um, so hopefully we'll, the, you know, we'll get that closed up. Another thing, I'm focusing more on pre-foreclosures. I just got, um, I have two hot leads right now um, that I'm trying to close up on those. And I squatted up with someone and just as we were on this call, someone else called me um, to close that another one up. So, Let's go. so you know, um, I'm not saying hopefully we'll get it done. We're going to get it done. So yes. I love it. <laughs> it's How much all would the you mindset. Make on that? Yes. How much would you make on that? That one. Well, we're trying to get the payoff on the first one. If I decide to assign it, it could be a triple digit uh, assignment fee on that one. Oh yeah, let's go. But if we decide to keep it, you know, it, it, it could be it could be a good one, a good rental also. And this last one, I just need to run some numbers and see what we're doing. So pretty exciting. Um, sub two is great. Everybody's been awesome. I'm excited to work closer with, you know, squatting up with more people. Um, Daniel's been a big help. I want to thank you for today. It's been awesome. And I've learned a lot and um, everybody should join sub two. <laughs> Cause it's awesome. <laughs> It is amazing. Uh, agreed. So before we go over to to, to one of them, so for uh, Yvonne and Melissa, do you guys after today, right? Do you see why? Whether it's for yourself or somebody else, right? Yvonne and I are, we, we discussed about doing a lot more stuff offline, so we're gonna we already have some collaborations we're gonna follow up on just after today. Um, but do you guys see how after seeing just the way a team, right? There's a million different ways to do it, but how, after seeing how a team can operate, and so Melissa's point about being able to focus on what you're great at. Um, do you see why people would still be willing to come in and join a team? Do you think there's a value add for some people to do that versus trying to do it all on their own? Absolutely. You have to, I think in order to be successful, you need to be on a team to get that direction, to learn more, um, collaborate, make, you know, you're going to make more money in the long run. So that's just what I believe. And I think you see a lot. Sorry. No, with new people especially i mean i i don't know i don't i wouldn't even say new people i i am communicating with a lot of people in sub two and you see there's people that have been in for a year and haven't really done anything yet and then there's people who just jumped right in and i think it's the people who need a longer runway that would actually do better in a team like, yeah also something to mention that i don't know if people knew the first year i made only 10k because i was a stubborn a-hole who didn't want to squat up and was like, no, I'm going to just do everything. And then eventually I started, I didn't join a team, but like I eventually started hitting my stride because I started asking more questions and stuff. So yeah, it, it, it's a lot more of a grind if you do it by yourself. So it's always like, if you're, if you, if you're not in a rush, like you're going to just make a ton of money, learn a ton and then just be able to do it. So I think it is really valuable. Yeah. I love that. Juan, what do you got, man? What are your thoughts on today? Well, this afternoon has been uh, been really uh, good for me to hear it uh, from Jonah and Brian's perspective. I relate a lot to Brian. I'm I too by nature am an introvert, 
Uh, and, you know, I work in Northern California here as a broker out of my home. So I just work by myself, but it's a trap that I've just kind of fallen into where I re I'm realizing the importance of bringing on uh, other people to be a part or to go to work for another team, you know, for the time being, you know, just like Brian was saying that, uh, you know, he has g gained a lot of wisdom and knowledge. So that way, if he ever went to another town, you know, he could implement what he's learned. And I love what Jonah was sharing uh, in that, that he would love to train in such a way that, you know, that he could basically kick the, the eagle out of the nest at some point down the road, you know. I shared with uh, my team earlier that in, in the ministry, and I really, I, I, I'm a pastor, and one of the things that pastors, uh, the traps that a lot of pastors fall into is they get upset at the clock when their congregants leave to go to someplace else. You know, well, it was never meant for you to you. It was never meant for you to own them in the first place. You called to encourage them, build them up, and raise them up, and cause them to be, caused them to be, you know, to flourish out in the world and to encourage and to, you know, bring gold to others as well. So I was really uh, encouraged by that. Uh, I'm really excited about the journey ahead. I'm looking forward to. Um, finding the right team. I think for me, the next step is to, is to move beyond my comfort zone and just working on my own. I, I'll do occasional flips and wholesale deals here and there. And, and from a traditional broker sense, working with clients uh, to be able to scale up and to be able to take it to a whole other level and bring on or work for somebody that I can actually learn more skill, broaden my skills because there's so much within the, the sub two and astro flipping community that uh, you can glean from to, to, you know, to win at a higher, a whole other level. Love it. Um, that's Love awesome. It. That's all awesome, guys. And I, I really appreciate, you know, the, the perspective. It was really, really good having people um, in there throughout the day. And it's just, there's so many different things that you could discuss or go through. And again, you just, you won't get to it all. Right. Like if we just barely scratched the surface today. Um, and But that's really what it is. Right. I think you decide what you want to do in your business. And if you don't know what that is yet, you keep pushing until you find something. Um, and sometimes the best way to know isn't by just, oh, I'm going to do this. Right. Sometimes if you really want to save yourself a year, just go find what other people are doing. And, you know, you'll, you'll, you're going to condense that time a lot. It looks like Darina, you have uh, found a safe and a quiet place. Is that, is that <laughs> One more thing before Marina shares. I love what you shared too, Daniel, just in reference to how you want to train people in such a way that they'd want to stay. I think that's powerful because that the whole dynamic of like we're we're I'm not want, wanting to raise you up just for a couple of months and then you you go out on your own while you know that you know okay to each his own, but you want to build a, a family within that they'd want to stay that they want to let's take this thing to the whole next level and let's see how we can uh, build together, build stronger together. So I love what you shared in, in your part as well. Awesome. I love that. Doreen, what are you thinking? Doreena? Sorry, I was in and out with baby driving home. <laughs> so okay. well, what we were thinking was we were talking about teams, right? And so if you want to yes. share a little bit of yeah, about your experience today and if, you know, the value of maybe joining a team versus doing it by yourself. 
Yeah, so um, I have kind of team my husband and I was always like talking to my husband, kind of, we need to find some partners we need, but how do you find them? Like this line should cross and you should meet probably some person or, uh, and I was so excited to join uh, Daniel and his team today because I was like, I would love to see how it looks like to be in a team, you know, to kind of, to see a little bit and to experience a little bit of it. Um, so it was amazing. Yeah. And it's all good if, if like, if you find the right person, so he can like, um, help with something you struggle, for example, like Pace and Cody, right? <laughs> Perfect team. Um, yeah. So I, I'm not sure what my, um, power yet, maybe, but. Kind of with my husband, I know. What? But regardless, you're going to figure it out. You got the access yes. to the people who will help you get on the path. Yes. I love but, this idea. I, mean, I kind of want to do it too, Daniel. I might do this where like somebody just shadows me all day or I have a few people shadow me. Yeah, and it, also it, it was, have, like feedback. It was fun, right? And honestly, like I was so nervous because I told this to them um, because I guess I'm just, and I mentioned this earlier, I'm just like, I'm, I do a lot of stuff, right? And I'm always public and I'm doing all these things and I'm on Zooms all day long and I'm doing the coachings and all the things. Um, and so for me, I honestly, because I'm just always doing these things and it's just me talking and thinking and doing what I do. I genuinely, when everybody suggested that I do this giveaway, I really didn't know if anybody would actually want to come and chat on my team for the day, right? I had no clue. Oh. And I had all these responses. I your team. <laughs> so I want to today. So, you're so like you. I'm, I'm unassuming, I guess, in that regard. And so it was so cool to see. And then it was like, okay, so how do we provide some value? Because it's easy to get in the weeds. People don't realize it. There's a lot of moving parts to a real estate business. A lot, right? If you're doing it right, you know, you could get lost in the weeds on acquisitions. You can get lost in the weeds on dispositions. If you're doing both, you can get lost in everything, right? And there's so much. And so, you know, it was like, how do we do this in a way that it's going to be able to not only like we can still get stuff done for the to-do list today, but also provide as much value. And so we, it was just a lot of higher level stuff and we touched on a lot of different topics um, and everybody kind of took their own thing uh, from the situation. But, you know, maybe there is some value to doing this a little bit more frequently, right? Because there's just so many people. That's why I have the Academy. That's why I'm building out a thing where people can come and work with us more often. Because for me, I my passion and my goal is to just empower as many people as possible to win. And that means something different for everybody. So if I can help, you know, that's, that's what I'm here for. Hey, Daniel. Um, it's funny that you said there's so many moving parts in real estate. I was just talking to a colleague of mine yesterday. And I said, you know, real estate, being an agent is tough. Um, but just real estate in general is tough. There, you never know from day to day. It's interesting. It's exciting. But at the same time, it's an emotional roller coaster. Every deal is different. You never know, you know, they may say, Hey, we're going to sign the contract. And then you think you're going to have a contract signed and then they back out or there's always a curveball. You know, there's not been one transaction that I've ever done that has been easy. And someone told me a long time ago that uh, the 
real estate contract that you get that's difficult is only preparing you for the next one to get to be better for the next one. So <laughs> I'm just like, when's it going to get easy? It's never going to get easy. You know, it's never going to get easy. It's just because there's there's no easy contracts out there. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing about that is like when they say choose, like being in real estate and going through really, really difficult transactions that are going to make you six figures is difficult. But, you know, going and working a manual labor job in the sun where you're making $10 an hour is also difficult. Struggling to wonder how you're going to pay your bills. That's difficult. For me, it's choose your difficult. And if I can struggle and have deal, deal with emotional roller coasters and not be able to pay the bills, or I can do that and I can make multiple seven figures for myself, my family, and impact a million lives in a way, this is not this is not a this is not a hard decision to make, right? So right. I think we got to choose our difficult and then just commit and go all in. So true. I, de I definitely feel that too, Daniel. Like in the sense of like life, you choose your poison in life because we're all going to die. So at some point, the poison is going to kill you. But you might as well do one that is super fun and you're having an amazing time at it. So I like it. Um, well, Daniel, if you and your guests are done, I'm ready to wrap up the podcast. Like, I think, it, does that sound, or do you have more questions for them? I think I'm good to go. If anybody has any final comments, you're welcome to toss them out there. But I just want to say to everybody who joined my team today, thank you, guys. I really, really appreciate it. I'm honored that you guys okay. saw enough value in me and what I do that you thought you would dedicate literally an entire day of your lives from 10 to 8, what is that? It's, I don't even know how many hours that is. That's that's from 10, it's almost 8. What is it? How many hours is that? I don't know. Like, this is how bad it is. Is that 10 hours? I think that's 10 hours. I'm not yeah. sure. That's, so you guys dedicated 10 hours of your day to follow me around and see what me and my team do. Thank you. I'm honored that you saw enough value in that. And I hope that in just a small way, I, I was able to reciprocate that a little bit. I hope that this is just the beginning of, of a longer set a term of relationships, um, that we can do a lot more stuff and collaborations and business together. I really hope that's the case. And my hope is that from anybody who ends up watching this thing is that you take from Brian's story, from these people's story, from everybody else that, you know, there is really a huge amount of power and collaboration. Brian may uh, close $185,000 in deals in four months when he was just cooking in Alaska and had no idea he could do this. If that's not a success story, I don't know what is. So I hope everybody really takes something away with that. hundred percent. Yeah. And also I'm going to say the, basically the same thing to you two. Like, I, like Brian, I'm honored that you're with me for the next two years, bro. Like we're going to, we're just, we're just at the beginning, dude. Like this is going to get, this is going to get freaking crazy soon. Cause you're ramping up now. Like now you kind of, now you know what you're doing a bit. And we've got the systems around you to be successful. So I'm honored you joined the team. I'm honored you're here. And Daniel, girl, I'm honored when you come on this podcast, dude. It's always a blessing just you being my friend, too, and, like, making this show way more hilarious. Because you and me got a little <laughs> bit of a bro-y relationship. So we we kind of play off each other a bit. So I love it. And to the four awesome. guests for Daniel, thank you guys so much for coming on as well. Like, I'm really glad you guys are here and you guys were willing to come on. And it's been amazing, guys. So thank you. So I'm gonna end it with that. That is Scorch the Fears episode 28. I can't believe it's been this long. I am ready to keep doing it, guys. 5 p.m. PST. We got Daryl Ellison on next week. 
which is a beast mode guy. I actually, Dan, you might know this. I have, I've barely talked to him. Like I, we've like said what's up and talked a little bit, but like, I don't know his story at all. I haven't, I've seen him on zooms and stuff where he's like in my orbit, but I, I'm just like, dude, I need to talk to this guy. So he's a beast. it'll be a second time on Scorch the Fierce. Fun fact. Yeah, no, he was, he was on when I was in Europe and Daniel decided to talk about pizza for five minutes. <laughs> it was a <laughs> Amazing. No, anywho, I got to wrap it up. I'm wrapping this up. Love you guys. Thank you so much for coming on next week. 5 p.m. PST, Daryl Ellison. Let's go scorch the 